Live from the podcast that, unlike Cam Newton, sets a good example for the kids, it's the Seahawks Nest. Ooh. Ouch. Does the quick shot really set a good example? I think we might be overextending ourselves here. I, I just know that my mom has never written a letter to me telling me that I'm not setting a good example for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> like that mom that did it to Cam Newton. Ouch. <laughs> hey, man, it's it's he's a clowning clown clown. I say it every year, and I mean it. I mean, it's Cam Newton's lucky he got out of Super Bowl 50 unscathed, seeing as how he broke two vertebrae the last time he rolled over like that. <laughs> you got another one? Yeah, one more. <laughs> okay, last one. Um, Christopher Reeve wasn't the only Superman to get destroyed by a Bronco. Oh. Ouch! Oh. Sorry, oh. That, that one I'm probably going to help. That was for. a little off cut. Yeah, it's a way to set the good example there, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the high road. Now, here on now the we are. Great, great comedy punches down, okay? <laughs> so, uh, speaking of punching down, we're talking about the NFC South this yeah, week. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, we're going to start with. The team that Nathan couldn't believe finished in the cellar, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were six and ten last year. The Saints won more than the six Saints football won games more than six football games. I was games. right. I was right, and I'm also shocked that the Saints won more than six football <laughs> games. Can you win six and a half? There was a tie. You're telling me there was a tie? No, it was not your favorite moment in sports. Okay. The NFL tie. Uh, right. Who is who is coaching the Bucks now? Not Greg Schiano. Not the ghost of Levy Smith. <laughs> Not great. It's Dirk Cutter. It's Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter. I, I love that name. He was their offensive coordinator last year. Um, right. Once upon a time, he coached uh, Boise State. Oh, okay. Way back way back in the back when. Before Chris Peterson. Before uh, Hawkins. And the Bucks still are not playing in their creamsicle uniforms. Nope. Strike uh, strike one. <laughs> you know, honestly, talking about the Bucks, they have Jameis Winston, who may be a fine quarterback. He can play pretty well. Their running game is a little bit up in the air. They got Doug Martin. They got Charles Sims. I think both of those guys have a legitimate talent. Do you think there's a legitimate running back between the two of them, though? Yeah, like yeah. one of them will be good enough to play in the NFL. Actually, you want to uh, – so I was looking up numbers for Doug Martin, <laughs> and this was really interesting. So he had had two really good seasons and two really bad seasons. And were they uh, consecutive on either end? No. So he had a really good rookie season, two terrible seasons. Oh. Um, one under Shiano, or sorry, both under Shiano, and then uh, he had a good season under Levy last year. Um, Actually, so last I, year, I really like Doug Martin. I think he's a significant. Uh, he's he's a good all around running good back. Good all around running back, and Charles Sims is like pretty solid as his backup. I think that. The thing I worry about for them is, like, all these tight ends, they all suck. Like, Cameron Brate, Luke Stocker, Austin Ferry, and Jenkins, Dan Vitale. One of these guys needs to be good, or this offense is going to get Austin stuck. Austin Ferry and Jenkins is a large red zone target. He has that going for him. Yeah, he could be good. He hasn't shown it on the field he yet. He had some injuries last year, and I, I honestly believe with an offense that will pay attention to him, I think he's a viable tight end. Not maybe top 10, but I think he's top 15. Yeah, he's not what UW fans wanted to say he was coming out, but I think he's a quality player. Do you like their wide receivers, though? Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, uh, Lewis Murphy. coming. He'll be there in the middle of the season. He's on the pup list. but Yeah, there's uh, nothing to dislike there. Like no. he's like that's a good wide receiver core. And again, think about so they have like a six foot seven tight end and two six four and over wide receivers. Like they are red zone monsters. Plus they have a quarterback that can run it. Yeah, it's just, you always have to pay attention to Jameis Winston in the red zone because he could just decide to bulldoze two guys and get in there. Yeah, I don't think their receiving game is is neither great nor bad. I I think that they're kind of like the Holmgren era Seahawks. 
they have some potential, but it also has the potential to blow up in their face. Like it, Vincent, could, it could really take off, but the, yeah, the, Vi- the floor isn't that low, but like it's like at worst the 20th best offense, but it could really take off if they get hot. Yeah, Vincent Jackson, you know, he... He's he's getting older. Mike Evans hasn't really shown consistency in, in his career, and I know last year uh, he he came out and then he then he, then he went cold. Uh, I see I see what they're going to give us, and that is something I do not know yet. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like I think if you look at it, their offense is trending up. Their defense they added no Spence as a pass rusher off the bench, and he seems like he has some good, like, third-down pinning ears back ability. Clint McDonald. Uh, Clint McDonald was a good pickup. Vernon Hargraves, in my opinion, was the best cover corner in the draft, and he's going to be their nickel. And what about Robert Ayers? They got Robert Ayers now. Robert Ayers was a solid pickup. Uh, And they still have, like, the best player we haven't talked about yet they still have gerald mccoy that guy is just a one-man wrecking ball in the middle of a defensive line yeah and levante david's really good too yeah levante david is a great i feel like they're a better version of what we just talked about with detroit's defense and they actually have a run game and i think like adding brent grimes and vernon hargreaves to this defense is going to add a lot to it whereas they were kind of missing some of those secondary pieces last year where they could just get burned all day in the secondary and now you know they add grimes who other than his wife just popping off on Twitter all the time. He's a really talented football player. And yeah, Vernon no Hargreaves kidding. has a lot of potential, and he won't have to come in and start right away because he gets to be behind Werner and Grimes. So they get to let him develop, or if he's ready, let him fly. Yeah, that was a big thing. Was It was like basically Werner was out there on his own, and he could not hold the entire secondary together. But there's enough talent around him to make it work. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, with the amount of talent they have... I could see them going nine and seven, but I, I'm going to put them at eight and eight. But I think they'll be like plus or minus one game on eight and eight, which is a good improvement on a six and ten club. Yeah, I have them at seven and nine, and I think that the thing that's going to cost them is that they spent a first round draft pick on a kicker. Third and, round, uh, that he's not even doesn't even seem like he's that good so far. Third round is still like the uh, first round. Oh, that's a that's a that's a big pick on a kicker, and they traded up. Yeah, they spent a high draft. That's pick. insane. It's re- yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, I have them one game better than last year, and that is at six and ten, which I know they finished six and ten last year, but I I, I have them third in the division this year. So, <laughs> so, so one that. spot better, and yeah. Zero I, games better. You know, part of that is because I don't know how much they're going to improve under a new head coach when Lovey Smith, I don't think, was the problem there. And I'm I'm not bitter that they fired Lovey, but I didn't get it. A lot of the football world didn't get it, and maybe they'll surprise us, but 6-10 and 10 for the Bucks. It felt like he deserved more of a chance, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, according to them, they according to them, everyone was asking to interview Dirk Cutter, and they thought if they didn't promote Dirk Cutter, they were going to lose him. And with the progress they got on offense, and he's also the guy who was uh, Atlanta's offensive coordinator the last time they had a good offensive season. So I understand their thought process, but that was really not very fair to Lovey. Yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, I don't want to keep going on the Bucks. So I'll just say this though: like, give Lovey this team, and you know, with all the additions they made in the off season. And yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, so we move from there to last year's somehow seven and nine New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Are you yeah. are you punking us? Did you make this up? They're really seven and nine. They're really but, seven and nine according to I the mean, standings. Yeah, but Junior Gillette said that Sean Payton was addicted to Molly pain pills, alcohol. He said that Sean Payton shows up to practice under the influence. 
I believe uh, half of what he said. So, you know, I don't know how much that is true, but I just wanted to put it out there because I just want to keep that Sean Payton rumor going. Just want to keep it alive. Yeah, absolutely. You should. Part of me kind of hopes it's true. That'd be impressive. I mean, I don't know. Looking at Sean Payton, not to judge him, but you think that maybe he could show up a little, a little tipsy nine times out of ten? I think so. Well, let me put it this way: he looks like the guy who shows up slightly drunk to weekend shifts as a used car manager. Yeah, I actually I don't think he he shows up drunk. I just think he likes to pound eight beers before practice <laughs> at eight in the morning. So uh, here's my thing about New, New Orleans. Okay, is that. Your defense is a mess. It's like the worst defense in the league. Everyone says it's the worst defense in the league. And your solution is to go ahead and just take two pieces from lot from the Rams and say, that's it. We're good now. We're going to be good. We have Nick Fairley and James Laurinaitis. Now we don't suck. And it's like, uh, no, you still are So they didn't bad. take the two defensive ends. Well, and yeah. that was an upgrade. Fairley's a good player. Laurinaitis is a solid player. Yeah, Von Bell was a weird draft pick though, because he like because now he's just stuck behind Jarius Bird. Like that was the, already like their best defensive player. Or I guess he'll play like nickel safety, but is like for a high draft pick with a team with that many holes, that doesn't feel like where they should have spent it. Okay, how many weeks into the season does Cortland Finnegan retire again? <laughs> that's my that's my uh, big uh, New Orleans thing. Does or should. Yeah, Those are two different questions. He probably should right now. He probably yeah, should retire should, today. Should two weeks ago. This team still has Drew Brees, who won't take a pay cut to make this team actually good. So, so I don't blame uh, them. Look at how they spent their money last time. They got no Jarrett Bird and ruined them. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, they signed Kobe Fleener. Huh. Um, huh. Which is weird because they got all that production from Ben Watson. Did they really need to spend significant resources on a tight end? Yeah, yeah exactly. Watson, and they spent a second round draft pick on a wide receiver too. Don't forget that. Well, like, actually, I Michael think, Thomas is good, and he's a really good replacement for uh, Marquise Colson because he carries the same kind of size, but he's a lot faster. I mean, Mar- so is I think Marquise Colson like well. six seven though. Michael Thomas is big, but he's not six like uh, Colson was like six four, and Thomas is six three. Yeah, that's. I want to look this up because I know Colston originally came into the league like as like a potential tight end. Did Marcus Colston retire? Or did he just move to another team? He retired, I believe. Uh, he played his entire career for the Saints. He's six four. You're right, Kevin. He's just huge. He's two twenty five. Yeah, he's that's, a big that's guy. Really big for a wide receiver. Uh, I don't like this roster kind of construction. I don't really like this team. Uh, yeah, they got worse on the offensive line. <laughs> How's their running game? Uh, they. They Ingram got, had his best season ever, which is still fine. They got Ingram, yeah. What yeah. do you What do you guys think about this team? I have a three and thirteen. I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, I have them five and eleven, and I really had to look for those five wins. I think their offense is so good that it feels like they should win some games they shouldn't, maybe some home games. But if they if they ended up three and thirteen, I would not be shocked. Uh, the wonderful Drew Brees. Who He's I, really good. I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I do like Drew Brees quite a bit. He was playing injured last year. I also have them at five and eleven. I think it's a hopeful five and eleven. I think the Bucks could be bumped up to seven and nine, and the Saints could be dumped down, dumped, <clears throat> dropped down to four and twelve. But five and eleven is what I have last in the division. Oh yeah, that's a guarantee. Yeah, I think that barring some kind of like big Jameis Winston step back, which is certainly possible, uh, the Buccaneers should finish ahead of the Saints. Yeah, and I have them finding it out uh, neck and neck with, uh, well, I think they could push the next team on the list, which for me is, well, for last year is the Atlanta Falcons who finished 8-8 eight and eight, um, in the most, in one of the weirdest ways one is able to finish 8-8, eight and eight, 
by going six and zero and then two and eight, which is amazing <sighs> in its own way. Well, it's like Holmgren's first year as the Seahawks. You know, didn't he start the season? What was it? It's like four and zero and then seven and nine or something yeah, like some, that. Or I I think they only won two of their last nine and one like got in the playoffs nine and seven something like that. Well, I. I you said you said that you don't like Atlanta. I think Atlanta did a lot this offseason to really improve their lot. Uh, I, Alex Mack is a big signing. Uh, he's a really good football player. He should solidify he's their literally a big line. signing. He's a large man. <laughs> he's a big dude. Uh, uh, Devonta Freeman was awesome last year, so that uh, he's healthy again. Uh, Sean Witherspoon will solidify their and I like Keanu Neal because their secondary definitely needed help. Yeah, Keanu Neal is that bigger linebacker that works in their system. Yeah, he should be like a bigger able, safety. Yeah, I was gonna say he should be able to like move up and down kind of the same way that uh, Seattle uses Cam Chancellor, which will be cool for them because they they needed help on defense, and I think they got some help on defense. So I I'm think. Gonna, do you think Sanu will be better than Roddy White was last year? Uh, yes, Roddy White was not very good last year, and I like Mamasunu, and he gets to play across from Julia Julio Jones which might be one of the only players that's a better draw from playing across from A.J. Green. That's pretty true. close to true. Um, so I, I really like uh, Julio Jones. I mean, we are on year nine of the Matt Ryan making excuses for only winning one playoff game. And at some point, it's like I feel about Tannehill. you got to say, like, at some point, this is kind of Matt Ryan's fault. you got to pin it on him. But uh, this is it. I think this is the year where, like, Matt Ryan kind of – it all kind of comes together for him. I like Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coordinator too. I think that's pretty big for them. I uh, think they think that I think they'll get a lot out of the offense. Do you think that this team maybe signed Mohamed Sanu because they felt that Marvin Lewis and crew over in Cincinnati was mismanaging his talent? No, I think that he just complements well what Julio Jones does, and they also have um, oh what's his name uh, Hardy. Uh, I think Justin Hardy, maybe? Yep, Justin Hardy. Uh, in the last nine games, 21 catches, 194 yards, 9.24. He was he shaping a, up to be a good third option in that offense. Yeah, if they can a, get anything he's a rookie tight last end. year, so he's young. And a lot of wide receivers, it used to be wide receivers make the leap in the second year. And now some guys are coming we got a lot more prepared because the college offense has passed a lot more pro style. But Hardy might be one of those guys that get gets coached up into it, like Kevin's saying, and his second year he makes the leap, and I it's really, really good. Another second-year player is going to be really key, too, and that is uh, last year, Vic Beasley, he's only 6'2", nope. 235 pounds. He had to play a lot of defensive end for them. This year he gets to slide back into more of that like uh, Bruce Irvin, uh, Rush linebacker role, yep, which with his Derek, size... They brought in Derek Shelby so they could put Big Beasley back at linebacker, which I think is really good. Yeah, and Claiborne, which I think allows for the same thing. They're, so I think their pass rush is going to take a step forward. And how they much are they going to... have a lot of depth along the along the defensive front, like where they can rotate guys in and out. They got Babineau, Tyson Jackson, uh, Courtney Upshaw, Dwight Freeney. I was going to say, didn't they pick up Dwight Freeney? Brooks Reed. Yeah. Like, they got all these guys, and they can move them around a lot. I don't think any of these guys are going to play, like, a million snaps. You know, like, I, I think they'll they'll rotate them all through and keep them all really fresh, which maybe also will help the defense be better than people think. Yeah. Why, why, did they, why did they take that tremendous turd in the second half of the season last year, though? They were thin. They had a they, really thin roster, and they had bad injury luck. Thin roster. They have they had Their defense was young. Their two best defensive players were like a third-year cornerback and a second-year or a rookie lineback, uh, linebacker who was being forced to play out of position. Like they didn't have, they were young and thin, 
And I think this year they're more experienced and they added a ton of depth all over the field. Like their linebackers, they have backups now. They got Deion Jones and Devontae Campbell, who are both rookie players who can actually play a little bit, and then neither of them are going to have to start. And I think Jones is going to start. Jones is a sideline to sideline linebacker. I think he's going to beat out Wormley for the middle yeah, linebacker Wormley. spot. And if he doesn't, then he's going to be like plus plus depth on the field. Yeah, he's got like, tons of speed. Whoever doesn't win that contest is providing talented depth for the Atlanta Falcons, which they did not have last year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to let's go to records. Uh, Eric, start us off. <clears throat> I have this team at eleven and five, making the playoffs. I think that they'll take them as far as Matt Ryan will go, and I don't think that is as far as the fans in Atlanta want them to go. Wow, eleven and five. I was high on them. You are too rich for my blood because <laughs> I had them. I have them at ten and six. I have them duking it out for I. Uh, Kind of those that last wild card spot slash division, like I think they're right there in the playoff chase though, and they're going to take a step forward. I have them at ten and six, and uh, I think that this is they are going to lose in the first round of playoffs. It's they're going to get matched up against one of these like talented wild card teams like the Cardinals, and because they're going to be the worst division winner, I think, and so they're going to get matched up against the Cardinals or the Seahawks and just get blown out. And that's fine, you know. That's a big. St- that's a step forward for the team on the whole. Um, but we need to start progressing quickly. If you're a Falcons fan, you want to start progressing quickly here because Matt Ryan's window is going to start closing at some point. And Julio's not getting any younger either, for that matter. Especially with his injuries. Yeah, he he does he's get hanged up. But maybe he'll have. Maybe he'll go to whoever's the doctor for Steph Curry is because that he used to have graham cracker crumb ankles and now he's fine. And it's <laughs> a lot of weird soft tissue injuries for for Julio Jones. So, yeah. all right. So that brings us to the last team, the equally confusing to the Saints, seven and nine, somehow fifteen and one Panthers. All right, here we go. You ready for a stat? You wouldn't die. I'm yes. always ready for a stat. Okay, the Browns have had back-to-back winning seasons more recently than the Panthers. Really? Yep. That sounds about right. That's not. That's not funny. That's just odd. And because of that, I had a really hard time <laughs> giving. On top of the fact that I don't like any of the the Panthers' offseason was crazy to me. Well, they're still trying to basically get over their salary cap issues that their GM inherited three years ago. Like, they're just getting out from under all like that. Like, what? Why did they... Their secondary is just, like, all new guys. So, James Bradbury, Daryl Worley, Zach Sanchez, all rookies, none of which were extremely high picks, none of which and they look ready might, to step and they in. All might play, they all might... That might be their three best quarterbacks. There's a really good chance we, we just... Named off their two outside corners and their nickel. Yeah, yeah. Like Benny Bennett, <clears throat> Benny Bennett were carried. Like was was kind of a letdown last year. I thought he took a step back, and so I, I'm not really excited about the secondary. Uh, fortunate, fortunately for them, their front seven is uh, monstrous. Is the most incredible front seven that you can think of. Uh, Charles Johnson, Starlo Tulele, Kawan Short, Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, like. I I would put those six guys, and then you know you got Vernon Butler coming in as a rookie. That's seven guys that I would put up against any front seven in the league. That's an incredible front seven. They yeah. have the Dallas offensive line of defensive front yeah. sevens. <laughs> it's among one of the best front sevens that's been put together in NFL history. I I would have totally buy that. Like if you told me that, it's it's really really good. It's I didn't exceptional Coney, for the salary cap. Coney Ely. Coney Ely's awesome too. Yeah. Um, and they still have Cam Newton, so the offense isn't going to be like a total. Dumpster fire. It, it could be pretty bad though if 
they're they're thin on offense, man. Do you want another similar stat to the one you said? Please give it to me. Uh, so Jonathan Stewart, uh, he played 13 games last year. That's got to be a record. That's tied for the <laughs> most games he's played since 2011. Yeah, that's... he's played 13 games the last two years, and uh, except two years ago, remember that was splitting time on starts, and he played single digit games the two seasons before that. The 13 games started and played last year were the largest number of games started for him in his NFL career in season number seven. I mean, I understand if you're not going to re-sign your best cornerback, you got to spend draft picks in your secondary. I get why they spent all these draft picks in the secondary, but they spent one draft pick on the offense. And I just think that it, it thinned out their offense. Their offense is thin now. And if anybody gets injured, like if... If Funches or Benjamin goes down, they they don't have many guys to throw to. I don't like Ted Ginn. Let me just throw that out there. I don't. Ted I, Ginn is an accessory to an offense. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy. And you and then you're at if once Funches and Benjamin gets hurt, you're playing Kevin Norwood. You know, like it's it, you're you're a shit's creek without a paddle. And if Jonathan Stewart gets hurt, it's Fozzie Whitaker time. That's not a time I ever want to endure. <laughs> okay, I don't want Fozzie Whitaker time. Well, so, that's that's exactly it. Last year they had really good injury luck, and that was a big part of their run. And they won a lot of close games. And if you look at it, those are two things that are not sustainable. There's a regression to the mean in injuries and a regression to the mean in close games. And I don't see a reason to be that high on this roster this year. Like, they're undoubtedly talented. You know, Kelvin Benjamin's back. He was a 1,000-yard receiver, nine touchdowns. Dude, 6'5", 240. That makes him larger than Marcus Colston, and he's not a tight end. Yeah, for the fronts, their front seven too will keep them in games that they probably shouldn't be in. Their floor is high. Yeah, by nature. But I have them right at what I think their floor is. I think that this is like the lowest record I felt like I could give them. I didn't think, feel like I could go any lower than this because just now the raw talent on the roster. I think there would need to be like an injury to Newton or Luke Keekley would have to miss most of the season. Something like that level. Because uh, they survived Charles Johnson being hurt most of last season. They were and Keekly missed one. a couple games. Yeah. So, yeah, like if they need one of those really key, key guys to get hurt. The Thomas Davis was hurt for a significant portion of last season, too, and they still were good. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I need to – I'm at 9-7. and seven. Just throw it out there. Wow. I'm, I'm slipping into the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. Uh, I, uh, A big step back, but still a playoff team for me. So, with the Quick Shot podcast picking the entire NFL season – Unless it comes to the Seahawks, I like to play around with it. And Kevin, you and I have talked about, you know, when I when I give my opinion on the C- on the Seahawks podcast, it's it's not the stats; it's just what I see. And just being a lifelong fan. Having said all that, the Panthers should not have won so many games. They won last year, and I have them at twelve and four this year. Rudy Tomjanovich said, "Do not underestimate the heart of a champion, an NFC champion, not a Super Bowl champion." I have them high at twelve and four, winning the division. You know, I it's not hopeful. That. I just I mean, I respect the talent. And if they avoid injuries, yeah. they can easily win twelve games with that front seven and Cam Newton. I agree, but you made a very clear statement there. It's about heart, and their quarterback doesn't have one. Ooh. He basically said flat out, "Yeah, the reason I'm not mopey and a complete turd on the sideline this year is because we're winning," which means steamroll up steamrolled down yeah i didn't I like that he was that. he also kevin to build on what you said he also said like i'm not different than i ever was before i'm exactly the same and it's like ooh, dude that's not good yeah. you should say like i'm growing as a person and i'm sorry you better. haven't progressed 
Welcome to being an adult. Well, and I'm not going to forget. And a lot of us won't forget after the Super Bowl. I and mean, that's why I have them at 10 and 6. I think 10 and 6 is their floor. But I think, I whereas thought, last year I they hit their ceiling. The floor. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> in the subfloor. You're, you, uh, you fell to the bottom of the elevator shaft there. Utilities only. I actually, Nathan. like, there was like two or three games on their schedule I put back and forth, back and forth. Like, like the last week of the season against the Buccaneers. Like, I was like, oh, it could go either way. They could be 10 and 6. But I, I don't know. I just, I like. Here's the thing they're at Denver, at Oakland, at Seattle. Those are hard games for them. They're, and then they also have to play a road game to Atlanta and a road game to Tampa in the division. And a road game to Los Angeles, which I think Los Angeles is like an underratedly like mediocre team. Well, like, and the Rams also will play everyone tough and they have a hard defense. Playing a road game against the LA Rams is a recipe to walk out with some injuries. And that's week nine for them. That's after their bye. And following that, they have Kansas City. And then New Orleans, Oakland, Oakland, Seattle, Seattle. Like it's, they have a murderer's row following that game. If they get dinged up against the Rams, that could be the difference between playoffs and no playoffs. The Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis. That's it. Right. I, so I have them ten and six. I have them fighting right now. Basically, there's three playoff spots, and that's the second wild card spot. The NFC South and the NFC North, or the NFC South and the NFC. Uh, I mean, we East. can all agree there's and probably that's Dallas, Washington, Green Bay, Carolina, and the Falcons. Three of them are in, two of them are out. Yeah, I was gonna say we all can agree that there's probably two playoff teams. We haven't done the NFC West yet, but there's probably two playoff teams coming out of the NFC West. It would be West. an upset if there weren't because <laughs> because these two teams have shown continual growth and greatness over the last three or four years let's go was, san fran oh yeah no that's not the one that's not the one we're talking about uh so yeah i um i think we're all on the kind of the same page here you're not talking about all that jeff fisher growth that's yeah, not we what got, we're talking about we got redskins Cowboys, falcons panthers vikings packers those teams will all be good and probably you know one from each division and one extra that's all that's room for yep there's going to be good teams that don't make the playoffs and i think that yeah. That's part of what makes the, the Packers, NFL and, the Packers and the Panthers good. like that. One of those teams probably doesn't make the play, or Vikings or Falcons. Like one of those four teams doesn't make the playoffs, which is rough. Yep, because that all those teams seem pretty good on paper to me. All right, so uh, next week we're at the end of it. Next week's quick shot is going to be the NFC West. All right, and I'm ready to beg. Here we go. Review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, or don't, I guess, if you don't like us. But if you don't like us, why are you listening this Yeah, you're far? at the end. Uh, and so then uh, if you follow us on Twitter, at Seahawks Nest, get us on Facebook, uh, The Seahawks Nest, uh, send Kevin an email, admin at from the Hawks, or admin at fromthehawksnest.com. Yep. And then... Hit us up uh, on SoundCloud. There's chat yeah, interface on SoundCloud. Yeah, comment Like on, us, upvote. Comment directly on the SoundCloud exactly at that point when you're like, hey, I completely disagree with him. The Saints are awesome. Just go ahead and put that right in there, dude. Put, hey, I think the Saints are awesome. We won't even make fun of you. Wrong. We'll legitimately talk I'll, about and it. And I'll, like, I'll, I'll, I'll treat you with respect. I'll say, you know what? Mark Ingram did go to Alabama. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a lot of good things. To say Tim Hightower say. was on Arizona, and Arizona's good. Bounty Bounty Gate was a thing that happened that I didn't like. <laughs> so, uh, for Kevin Garver, for Eric Ronovec, I'm Nathan Santo, and we'll see you next week. Bye.